Quite the Thing Media, we aim to bring you the best podcasts produced by independent creators, made without constraints. Hi everybody and welcome to Quite the Interview from Quite the Thing Media. My name is Jack Shaw and today I am speaking to host of Real with Andy, Andy Peak. How are you keeping, Andy? Very good. How are you? Yes, I am. I am great. Thanks for for coming on. Normally, we speak to podcasters, but you're the first sex <laughs> coach. Is that is that a term we can use? Is that what you would describe yourself as, that, Andy? Yes, that is definitely a term you can use. And how? Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself then before before we start the questions from my side? Sure. So um, I actually just stumbled into this title. Um, I was in the adult industry for a really long time. I started off um, in my teens. So I was in it for about 15 years, maybe a little bit more. Um, and while I was in it, I just, I saw so many, um, you know, couples being torn apart by lack of communication and sex. And so I thought to myself, what a great idea. Everyone, every, every time you log on to social media, you just get consumed by people who, you know, are trying to tear you away from your partner or get your attention. And I just feel like we should maybe applaud people who are staying in their relationships. <laughs> right. Okay. And can you tell us a little bit more about your role in the adult industry then? Sure. So I started off um, dancing and then I went into massage and then I went into escorting and then I opened up my own escort agency. Right. Okay. And was that something that is that illegal where you are? Was, was that breaking is, that the law? Is, yeah. It's highly illegal where I'm at. <laughs> and how long did you run your agency for? Um, probably about uh two years off and on. Right, okay. And running the agency, would you have called yourself uh a madam? Was yes. is that a term that you would use? Okay, and how many girls did you have? working for you I suppose um I think at the most I had probably about 10 right okay and were you making were you making quite a bit of money is that a good earner um to get yeah into we're that? making we're making quite a bit I dealt more along the lines of the um the higher upper scale um I didn't mess around too much with the hundred dollars I we went into the thousands so yeah we made pretty good money <laughs> right okay and like that's something that interests me, I suppose. So, what was the the most expensive night then for one of your girls, one of your um, high class escorts? What were some of the guys paying for one night? Um, so, a lot of my girls made like six thousand dollars a night. Wow! Yeah, yeah. And was it always sex? Was it always sex? Or did some of these guys just well, want to have a girlfriend experience or sit and talk to somebody? Yeah, you know what? A lot of them um, literally were just on um, like business 
business tra- traveling for business. Right. And they really just wanted company, someone to hang out with, go to dinner with, talk to. Right. Okay. And I don't know if you've ever listened to the John Ronson podcast series about the adult industry. Um, I think he's done two separate series, but he, the adult industry obviously sort of, um, maybe not fell apart, but the, the porn side of things certainly fell away when the internet became so big. You know, these sort of high-scale production and porno studios fell away and it became a lot more gonzo. John Ronson speaks about guys with really strange fetishes. Is there any of that you can, <laughs> obviously without naming names, but is there any sort of weird fetishes that you came across or any of the girls working for you had to deal with? Oh, yeah. So, um, and this is another reason why I wanted to do sex coaching is because um, a lot of a lot of people are into some weird shit and yeah. um, they're, you know, they feel weird about talking to their partner about it. So they'd rather talk to a total stranger about it. I think one of the guys um, preferred to be dressed up in a diaper. Um, he liked to be paddled really hard and um he liked to be sucking a bottle while while he did that um but he just came he just wanted a girl to come over and paddle him really hard and talk to him like a baby um and then there was this one other guy who wanted someone to smoke a cigarette put it out on him wearing heels um very hard yeah, um, the John Ronson one, the really specific fetish that he spoke about was a f- man from Finland posted all his stamp collection to um, a niche video maker, basically, and got the girls to um, be derogatory towards him and set his stamp collection on fire and send him the video of it, which oh, I think wow. is <laughs> really quite a specific niche I don't know what happened um, to that guy um, to make him to make him do that. Like working in the the industry, did you become a little bit of a maybe even a psychologist, a psychiatrist? Did you ever yes. deal with real problems with people? Yes. So, um, so a lot of them really do just want someone to listen to them, um, someone to talk to who's not going to judge them, who you know, they probably won't see ever again. Um, but yeah. Uh, and, and it's funny because I actually became quite the, uh, profiler, (laughs) um, because, you know, it, safety was a huge issue because you, you're on the phone with someone for X amount of time and you have to decide at that point, um, if they're cool or not. And were you quite good with your judgment? Did you take your gut feeling? Did you have a good judgment of people then? I did. Yeah, very quickly. Um, So I I did get that skill down. Yeah. Like I mentioned at the beginning, you have a YouTube channel that I will put in the show description so people can click it and go and take a a look at your videos. It's called Real with Andy, but it used to be called um, Real Sex with Andy. Why did you decide to change that name and sort of rebrand so I got um, 
I started advertising on um, Instagram and I got a, um, a, a TikTok account. So I'd never messed with TikTok before. I didn't really know the guidelines or anything like that, but I got banned from TikTok <laughs> and then I got my Instagram deleted off of social media. So um, I decided to go to go with Real with Andy because people were getting offended with the word sex. Is that it? Do you think that's a problem in society then? Just people getting offended by a three-letter word? Huge. <laughs> I think it's a huge problem. I think if you get offended by something, you know, it you don't have to destroy someone's um, reputation or what they're trying to build. You know, just go the opposite way. And did you find that YouTube was somewhere that you could be a little bit more open then? Because some of the videos you have have got quite um, quite in-your-face names, um, blowjobs to swallow or not to swallow, porn star sex, uh, can real sex be porn star sex, anal sex, try it, you might like it. And do you get a, you get away with that on YouTube? Do you need yeah. to put a, a content filter or anything so people would need to sign in before they can watch your videos? No, I just, no? Um, when you're uploading something to YouTube, you just click something that it, it is it okay for children to watch this or um, is this 18 and up? So mine are all 18 and up and um, um, YouTube actually doesn't have the only requirement they have is that you do not show clips of actual sex that are not yours, which I don't really know if you can show clips that are yours, but that's not really the road I'm going to go down. But yeah, they're pretty open. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought that you could show I've never been searching YouTube for porn, to be honest with you. Um, there, there's specific sites for that. Um, everybody knows them. Let's not kid on. But no, I don't think I've ever seen like sex on YouTube, to be perfectly honest with you. But I was quite interested in those those titles that you used. Are you interested in the... This is going to... Be, might be a little bit boring, the sort of SEO, the search engine optimization of your videos. And is that why you use titles such as Porn Star Sex? Because if people are searching for that, it's got yeah. a better chance of getting found, basically. Yes. So Porn Star, um, when I started doing my SEO words, um, Porn Star, um, the grouping together of real sex and um, real porn star sex. Those are the most um, looked for th things on YouTube when you're talking about sex. Right, okay. And I think one of your videos has got about 10,000 views. What was the title of that one? And do you think it was because of the content or you just got the title spot on for that video? Um, so that was because I have um, my thumbnail. So my thumbnail is... Um, me with uh, sex toys on it so that one that one definitely got me banned from instagram um but it it got me so many views on youtube and is that something you want to focus on moving forward as your youtube channel your subscriptions on there or do you have any sort of plans to get into like podcasting or audio podcasting only Yes. So I'm actually, um, I'm going to get into podcasting. Um, I, I, so when I first started this, I didn't know exactly what direction it was going to go in. 
because you just never know. Um, you never know if people are going to like it. You never know if like, you know, what you have to say, people actually care. But, um, but yeah, I definitely see this going into a podcast direction and I would love to do interviews with um, just people. I want to make it funny. I'd like to make it a little bit funny. So, so it's cause sex is kind of like a heavy conversation. Yeah. And so if we can just kind of make it light, I feel like people are more um, apt to listen and to kind of make it a light conversation instead of so heavy and so dreary and, you know. Yeah, it can be. There is a, I don't know if it's a misconception, but there seems to be a lot of mental health. I'm talking about porno here. There seems to be a lot of mental health issues within porno. I don't know if it's still the same, but I did mention John Ronson. He, have you ever heard of Autumn, uh, The Last Days of Autumn? Um, uh-uh. Porn star that, she's a porn star that killed herself. There's been a few, there's been a few recently. From your point of view and the people that you've dealt with throughout your career, have you found that a lot of the girls are maybe scarred from being a younger age or is that a common misconception and some people just get into it because, hey, they get paid a fortune and love shagging, basically? (laughs) Um, You know what? I think it goes both ways, but honestly, I think the majority of the people are... um, are uh, are misguided and don't have a lot of direction in their life. Don't have a lot of um, people who are influencing them in a healthier direction. But so I think that people who make it into the porn industry are already uh, have some healing to do. Um, and then when they get into the porn industry or the adult industry, it just kind of amplifies that by a thousand. Yeah, and unfortunately, and, a lot of people don't make it out alive. So, yeah, there does seem to be an issue uh, with it nowadays. It was maybe different back in the day when it was more, let's say, mainstream. Um, like I say, there, there was there was the valley basically where all the all the porn was made, and the stars were getting paid. You know, your Jenny Jamesons back in the day and X, Y, and Z were getting paid a fortune, but it's not like that anymore because you can just basically get your phone out, make a porn, and upload it. You know, it's not. Yeah. There's no sort of quality um, control. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, sort of what age did you become sexually active then and sort of start exploring your body and what sort of path did that lead you on as a, I guess, as a teenager? So, um, so I, it's funny because I, I didn't really, I wasn't very sexually active as a teenager until right. um, I grew up in boarding school. So, I grew up with it's an, when it was all girls. So uh, when I got out of there is when I moved out of the state that I live in, and I kind of went wild and crazy. And do you think the boarding school sort of repressed those feelings? And like you said, as soon as you could get out there and do your thing, you sort of oh, exploded. Sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Sex, we don't speak about it a hell of a lot. Were you sort of worried about? the reaction or the kickback that you might get from, well, let's start with women first. Were you worried about the the female reaction? I was. And when I first started it, um, I just kind of like, I I started it and then I didn't tell anyone about it. And then I told some of my really close friends that know me. um, And then they were like, Oh my God, that's so cool. And then, and then I started telling more and more people that I didn't really know that well. 
And then, and then I just got super comfortable with it. And all the people who I thought were going to judge me for this or have something negative to say, I haven't had anything negative to say yet. So. And what about the reaction from men? Any different? Um, so yeah, I, def- I definitely got a lot of uh, DMs. You know, after, yeah, I can after imagine I your out. DMs exploding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they exploded. Um, but you know, I'm I'm pretty nice about things, and I kind of I don't really date anyone, so I just kind of dismiss them in a nice way. Are you in a relationship just now, or no? I'm not. I'm single. Um, not dating right now, just because you know we just got out of uh, the lockdown, COVID, and stuff like that. And I think people are still kind of adjusting to going out and seeing people. And I think I'm going to take it like another six months, and then I'll start into the dating pool again. And when it comes to relationships, have you been lucky, unlucky in love? Have you found love? I have, and that's why I'm not really too. Um, too interested in it is because um i have been in love before so i'm you know i've been there done that i'd love to do it again but i'm not rushing myself i'm definitely not going to be with someone who i don't have those feelings for but i've been lucky i've definitely been lucky yeah that is that's cool um as a glasgow male a guy from scotland we are pretty famed for being pretty closed books when it comes to sex, mental health, X, Y, and Z, and sometimes we can deal with it with drink, drugs, X, Y, and Z. Did you find drug use was something that was, was quite common in, uh, with the girls you knew, or did you have a maybe a, a rule or a policy to say to the girls no. if you get caught? No. Well, it was, I mean, it's a lifestyle um, the adult industry is a lifestyle. It's a partying lifestyle. Um, there's, there's a lot of drug use. There's a lot of cocaine use, which was mainly, um, you know, in the nineties, everyone, the high nineties and, and then the two thousands, everyone was doing cocaine having parties. So that I didn't really look at too much. Um, I think when it started getting into like the hardcore drugs, like heroin and stuff like that, I, that I kind of, I would let people go for that kind of drug Yeah. Because um, it will start to affect your looks as well. So you, oh, yeah. You won't be able to earn as much. You, you, yeah, you and they're not a, predictable. Yeah, you, your mind is mashed potatoes, um, as I would say here in Scotland, where you just don't think correct. You don't look as good as you were. You can't earn as much. So, yeah, I can see why you would let people go for taking brown stuff or, or meth or, or crack or yeah. anything like that. It really hits you hard, I suppose. How do men and women differ when it comes to opening up about about sex? What have you noticed between the sexes? Um, So not really a lot, like being open about sex. I think, um, I think women are a little bit uh, less open about sex because it's we are seen as uh you know poorish if we're open about sex as men when men are open about sex they're seen as cool yeah um it's there's definitely um sort of black and white thinking there when it comes to to men and women like the the tag 
you used there was Horish, right? And did you face a lot of that throughout your life then? Just people calling you all sorts of nasty names, X, Y, and Z, because of what you were doing, basically? And how did you cope with that mentally? Um, Actually, no. So no? I... Okay. No, because I was actually in California. And so most of everyone in California are in the adult industry, have been in the adult industry. It's a very adult industry driven world. So I was in the bubble of it. So it was, um, it was accepted. Right. So you were, you, you were surrounded by people in the same bubble, basically. So it was, it was the norm, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. so that, that makes a lot, that makes a lot more more sense your tattoos are pretty cool by the way um, <laughs> thank you um obviously we're doing a podcast and it's an audio format but i'm sure people will click on your youtube link and see your tattoos when did you start getting tattoos and was it something you what made you get tattoos was it to be different was it to have, um, a, have no. a niche no just something you no, enjoy i love art i actually went to school for um art so i um have a very creative part of me and um that's how i like to express it i love ink <laughs> yeah and how much money have you spent on on tattoos? Uh, so much so half of my back is done my arms done obviously and then um, part of my side's done i'm getting a little bit more um so i would say my arm is about about eight thousand dollars and then my back was probably another three and then you know the random here's and there's, but um, a little over ten thousand. Yeah, they they do look really cool, and I do uh, I do really like them. Before we wrap up, then is there any sort of if you were to give your top three tips for keeping things fresh uh, in a relationship? Say over, you've been in a relationship for ten years. How do you keep things fresh and don't get boring? basically, because it happens to a lot of people. It does. It does happen to a lot of people. Um, I would just say, you know what? A lot of people, um, a lot of people get bitter in life. And so that's the first thing that goes in their life when they start getting bitter and unhappy is sex. So I just feel like if people could, you know, get past, obviously we're all going to mess up in relationships, but some people just hold on to the past hurt and then that's the first thing that they cut off is sex. So I feel like communication, trust, and just being open. But being open also also needs need to be trusting of your partner to be open sexually. Yeah, there is that. I think there's always a worry that you might bring something up that you've not brought up before in, say, 10 years, and your partner goes like, says to you, that is bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not doing yeah. that. <laughs> no, I'm no. Um, I think like in those instances, I think we all need to kind of humor each other because that person might not even be into that. They might just be bored. They might be like, Hey, let's try this just because I'm bored and I want to do it. Sure. Let's do that. <laughs> like anal. Like I didn't want to have anal sex, <laughs> but my partner who I, completely trusted wanted to do it we ended up doing it and i ended up you know really enjoying it and so did he so um you know just just being open-minded and thinking that you could possibly enjoy it 
yeah, I'm not a fan of um, anal sex myself. Um, the other <laughs> hole is much, it's much nicer. It's, it's nice and wet, it's slippy, it's fun. It's, you know, you don't need to get the lube and shit. So like, I'm not particularly into it. And I think that's, I do think that that's porn that's had a massive impact on, I'm 36. So when I was 15, 16, that was when the internet was just taking off. So for 20 years of my life, I've had drop of, drop of the hat access to pornography on the internet. Have you got any opinions on that? Do you th- how do you think that's affecting maybe younger guys nowadays? That that is all they see and they seem to think that... Like, I'm, I'm not saying so, you can't have amazing porn star sex, but yeah, like it, it's not it's, the norm. It's not... Well, some of it yeah. isn't. Yeah. I think it's affecting them on how they view women, like, all together. Um, like, we have to you know, perform like that. And, um, and I think it kind of desensitizes them as far as sex goes, like the normal stuff that, um, you know, the normal positions and stuff like that just aren't exciting for them anymore. Um, but I think it's definitely desensitized everyone, including women. Yeah. I think there's actually studies that have shown that, People, men under 22 or round about that are actually having less sex nowadays. Um, there's less pregnancy. Their sperm count is lower than men of the past. And it all seems to almost go back to sort of 1996 when um, porn sort of took over. So it's got a lot, it's got a lot to answer for, but it's yeah. there and it's not um, going away. So... I agree with you, Andy. Um, I'm, I'm saying that. I've never really had a frank conversation about sex um, with my partner, to be perfectly honest with you, um, eight years together. So uh, it's made me think a little um, about about moving forward. Is there any particular video of yours that is a favourite that you would point people towards and go say, uh, watch that video and that will give you a good idea of what it is you do? Um, I would say I have a trailer video on there. Uh, it's a three minute long trailer video. It's uh, it's called why I started um, a YouTube channel about sex. And it basically breaks it down as to um, why I feel like people should be communicating about sex more like in a healthy way. Because I think that when you talk about sex, sometimes um, it brings up negative, negative feelings, negative vibes, like like when you say porn and sex, like some people just shut down. So I think that that would probably be the one. Let me see the name of it. Yeah, it's the trailer and it's called Why I Started This YouTube Channel. Right. So I think that's the best one. Yeah, so we can find you there. Like I said, Andy, I will put links to your Instagram and YouTube in the podcast show notes so people can take a look and find you i found you on matchmaker.fm which i used and we um are recording on zoom andy thanks for thanks for joining us and sharing a little bit of your story and a little bit of your experience in a world that maybe a lot of people aren't particularly acutely aware of thank you for having me right guys thanks for listening we will speak to you soon thanks
Quite the Thing Media, we aim to bring you the best podcasts produced by independent creators, made without constraints.